I am so glad you could join us. I'm your host, Mo Gaudat. This podcast is nothing more than a conversation between two good friends sharing inspiring life stories and perhaps some nuggets of wisdom along the way. This is your invitation to slow down with us. Welcome to Slow Mo. Welcome back. My guest today is Dr. Lalita. I asked Lalita, how do I introduce you? And she said, well, you know, people always talk about those uh, ego-based titles, uh, PhD in this, therapist in that, psychologist in this. She said, I just help people connect to their hearts. I think that's a very, very nice and sufficient introduction, if you ask me. So today I will bring you one of my dear friends, someone who you should listen to my conversation on her podcast because it was actually quite deep Jedi master level in many ways. And uh, yeah, I can talk to Lolita about anything. It's always Jedi master level, uh, but today we're going to talk about love and romance. And I want to start, first of all, thank you for being here. I'm really grateful and I'm honored and I'm glad we got to do it in real life and not on Zoom because it is all about right? connection and yeah, being yeah. in person. You, so, you yeah. kept insisting yeah. on this. Every time I, I said, let's Zoom. just jump on a yeah. Zoom, you no. were like, no, I'm, I'm not, not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I, I appreciate <laughs> that. I mean, sometimes I have to say I, I get really just exhausted by the number of things that yeah, happen in yeah, my life. No, I appreciate and, that. And, and, you know, I, I really wanted us to have this conversation. And so, you know, I was like, yeah, let's just do it. I was we, like, I'm we, ready we're, we're to wait. Fine. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. Um, I want to start with something that puzzled me yesterday. Can I do that? Yeah, no, go uh, for so, it. So we can talk about anything, but yeah. I want to start from love and romance. Yeah. Okay. A couple of days ago, I posted post from uh, Sarah Dawn Moore, who was a guest on this podcast, who spoke about love and romance. And mm-hmm. she said, basically she said, the number one emotional need for men in a relationship is respect. Yeah. The number one emotional need for women in a relationship is love. And she said, if you want to be given love, you might as well uh, try to give your partner respect. Mm-hmm. Anything sounds awfully wrong with that so first of all my brain goes into what does love mean and what does respect mean and how do we understand what love and respect is because we're saying men need respect but what does respect mean and we're saying that women need love but what does love mean so i'm i'm confused by what the term is interesting i mean let me talk as a man and you talk as a woman yeah okay uh one thing that i need in my relationships is for example when uh, I have a life that is uh, hyper complicated Mm. with a million and a half people that require my time and travel that is constant and, you know, whatever. And then I attempt, if I have a woman in my life, to go out of my way and do something uh, that is, you know, lovely for the two of us. Mm. While at the end of that experience, I'm a bit tired, Mm. okay? I'd expect my woman to look at me and say, you know, I recognize how much you're going through and I feel that this was you putting in a lot of effort. Mm. And so I appreciate that what you've done and I also respect how much you're going 
uh, how much challenges you've gone through to do that, right? I wouldn't respond the same way to a cuddle Mm -hmm. or, uh, uh, you know, a flower or a rose or, um, you know, uh, you're so sweet, not none of that. As a man, yeah. I'd like to be recognized for what I have contributed and achieved and respected for my views and opinions. And that really matters to me in my relationships. See, I think, again, the the, the number of people I've spoken to and I've worked with and I've understood um, their love language or understood what's important to them, I, I can't put people into a into a box of men and women and this is what men and... Because everyone's feminine journey... Feminine and masculine, no? Yeah, well, okay, if we're looking at it from feminine and masculine, then yeah, I can see that. But I also feel that people go through things and that then interrupts their love language, that then uh, allows them to show up in a very different way because of what they may have experienced to then understanding what they're wanting in that relationship. And sometimes people, they're not honest with themselves about what they're looking for. So they might be so fearful about upsetting the other person that they, they for them, it's like they'll dismiss not being seen because for them, it's like, no, I need to keep them in my life and I need to make sure that I'm doing enough for them so that they stay here. So their need might be that they want to be seen, but in that moment, they're like, no, I can't have that because I don't want them to leave because of trauma that may have happened or other things that have gone on in their lives where maybe they have been through abandonment or rejection. So I think that's exactly what uh, I was puzzled about. So once again, I found the message of, look, this is a need for your partner, give it to them to be yeah. a very reasonable message, mm. okay? And uh, here is the emotional roller coaster I went through, my therapy session with you. Uh, <laughs> I, post- I posted that, yeah, and then there was a comment. I should probably read it so that I'm okay. not making it up. It said... Most women have to compromise a lot of their self-love and self-value to preserve relationships that are draining. Okay? Okay. Uh, This is the reality. And now women should be the one respecting a man more uh, when he hardly lifts a finger at home and makes her life harder on a daily basis. The reason we opt out of marriage and children is not because we respect them less, It's because men bring in less than bare minimum and expect women to do the majority of the mental, emotional, and household load aside of holding up a career and do most of the child raising and so on. This is a very interesting comment to me. Yeah, it really is. Because I have to say my very first emotional response was like, you're hurt, Mm. right? You feel uh, something so negative yeah. about men in general. And I can understand that. Yeah. My second response, and I say that with respect, is, oh, I thought it was women that were draining. Yeah. Okay. But then my third response was, why are we turning this into a war? Yeah, yeah. What, shouldn't, what? shouldn't it be about communicating and trying to understand the other person to see where they're at, what's important to them, and really trying to understand and navigate that? Not thinking about what other people think is good in a relationship. It's trying to understand what's good for you in that relationship and how are you showing up for the other person, but vice versa. And if something isn't working, isn't it about having that space to talk to one another to see how are we going to move forward with this? I mean, that's exactly the point. That's why I ask you to, I'm bringing it up with you because it seems to me that our relationships in the world are breaking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, It seems to me that those relationships are breaking because uh, we are so traumatized Mm. by our previous experiences. I mean, I say it openly. I mean, it's not a joke that most of the men I know 
Uh, and my initial response was like, I thought women are the draining ones, mm. right? And that's also not true. Yeah, that's again, it's a condition, but it's something that you've learned or something that you've seen along the way that women are draining. So when you're entering a relationship, that belief system, it might be subconscious, but it's there in the back. So when, for example, you come home one day and you're you're at home and your um, partner might say, oh, you've left your shoes at the door. You're like, oh, this is why women are draining. Because you've gone back to that belief system that is there, that's just there niggling away. But you also might have the belief that, women are um, really caring or women are really nurturing. And then when you don't get that instantly, again, it's that it's going against your belief system. So this is really trying to understand when you're entering a relationship, when things are coming up for you, you have to do the work as well. You have to understand what's going on within you and making sense. If someone's annoying you, if, some, if someone's creating anxiety because of something that they're doing, if someone's stressing you out, what's going on within you and finding the right way to communicate that with the other person to see how you can come up with a solution. And, and it may not be what you want to hear, but at least you've been seen, you've been heard, you've been understood. And it might be that this is how we're going to move forward from this. I agree with this 100%. I think the truth is, you know, I'm no longer that person. Mm. I actually, you know, there were moments in my life where I felt that way. But, you know, as I started to really, really dig deeper and understand myself and understand my choices and mm. understand the match in my previous relationships and understand the, 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 the truth of what they brought versus what they took and so on and so forth, I don't believe that anymore. But here's the interesting thing. This comment got around 40 likes within half an hour. And okay. were the likes agreeing with them? Um, yeah, the, yeah okay. so, so, so that idea of it's a war, yeah. uh, men are awful, was hundred per. It was I actually probably one of the most liked comments in one wow. hour I ever had on a post ever, right? And suddenly I realized that the the thing about this whole mini series of love and romance, I assumed in my mind that I was doing this mini series where my listeners would were interested to make things work. Yeah. And this was just about the how. Hmm. But it interestingly seems that no, that's not always the case. And I now reference back to my friends and I go like, yeah, that's actually not always the case. Very, very often, I think the relationship profile of, uh, of feminine and masculine, whether that's men and women or whatever gender choices you have, that relationship is one of need that is filled with frustration. It's like I need the other in my life, mm. whether for sex or for, you know, to split the mortgage or whatever mm. that is, uh, but I really dislike having them around. Yeah, That's a much deeper layer of issues than I thought we should cover in this series at yeah. all. So you are at the receiving end of this. Where does all of that come from? What are the underlying traumas? You know, mm. if you have a higher list of what are the reasons why we come to this, and of course, hopefully, how can we change that mindset before we even talk about the techniques of how to work with one another to become better? Yeah. So if we think of where does it all begin, is it that when we enter relationships, are we taught what we, what is it that we're looking for in this relationship? But also, are we taught that it's okay for you to go within yourself? So what I mean by that is if someone comes into therapy and they're looking for couple um, therapy, 
they might be thinking that there's something going on there. So, for example, they might come in and they say, we had an argument today. And I'll say, okay, what was the argument about? Let's go through this. And it's like, okay, he didn't pick up the pencil. He didn't pick up the toys. He didn't pick up this. So there's a frustration. And it's got nothing to do with the toys. It's got nothing to do with the pencil. It's something about not being seen, not being understood. And if one of them's busy, is she speaking out? Or if he's busy, is is the communication there between what each other need but also what is it that's going on for them so the other understands? Because sometimes we feel like they should know. They should know what's going on for me. They should understand this. Why should I have to tell them? They don't care about me. They don't love me if I have to explain what's going on for me. But if you're not explaining that, look, I've had a really long week and you might be presenting as you're still got enough energy, that you're still going out mm-hmm. with your friends um, the next day and the other person might not feel seen or they might feel like, well, you're doing that, you're doing that. But if you're not communicating that, hey, I'm feeling really upset that you're going out with your friends tomorrow, but you're not making time for me today, if this is the only day that we're going to see. So if I'm not explaining that to you, how will you know that I'm feeling this frustration? That frustration will build up, build up, build up. Then it gets to a point where he hasn't picked up the toys. He hasn't picked up the toys and then I'm frustrated and then I might just be showing him a aggressive sort of um, behavior where I'm slamming something and he's like, oh God, here she goes again. But that's because he may not know what's going on but vice versa he might also be like just banging the door on the way out so where's the real communication there what's what is it that's really going on so you asked me the question where does it all begin and does it begin back from where what we learn love is from our parents what we learn love is through the attachments that we had growing up so if we think of our attachments if we grew up believing that um, our emotions are too big for example we might learn don't share your emotions because if I share my emotions my emotions are not going to be accepted because they're too big. So I'm too much if I show up in this way. So we continue that way. We continue that way through life. And then we get into a relationship. And when we're in this relationship, we have that same belief in the back of our head. Don't show your emotions because they're too big. They're going to leave you or they're going to, they're going to reject you. Mm. So in the background, we have don't show your emotions, don't show your emotions because people are going to reject. So we don't show up being our authentic self because we don't realize that this is our learned behaviors and our learned patterns that are showing up in our relationships. So don't show your emotions is one. What other possibilities? So that um, don't show your emotions because they might be too big. But yeah, also so that basically yeah. means that would lead us to a relationship, mm-hmm. which I had experienced that, uh, you know, before where my partner wouldn't say anything at all. Yeah. She would bottle things up and she would, you know, uh, when I ask what's wrong, she would say nothing. Yeah. Everything's okay. So, so that's what one example. Yeah. But with that example, there's lots of layers. Mm. So it might be because they have a lack of awareness. They don't even know themselves because they're mm. so disconnected from their own emotions because they've just been putting their emotions in a box in the back somewhere. So they might not be aware of these emotions. So they don't have that self-awareness. So they just know that they're going to shut down. So they've just shut down because that's been their way of coping in the past. So they've learned just shut down. If something's too much, just shut down and disconnect from the person. So that might be another layer of um, them showing up in a certain way. Mm. But it's also if they have seen certain role models. So if they've seen mom and dad, for example, and they've seen mom and dad um, fighting or they've seen mom and dad, dad being very busy, mom being very busy, not not really showing that affection to one another. Have they also grown up that that's what love is? That's what um, <laughs> it's, it is. You, you smile there, you laugh. Mm. Um, but um, is is that what they've learned? So do we learn love 
the way that love is through our parents as well. And it's not blaming our parents at all. It's about understanding where do we gain these beliefs? Why is it that when we enter a relationship, you're coming from your experiences, you're coming from your experiences. So your dad might be have been very emotionally available. Someone else's dad may not have been emotionally available. So you're coming into this thinking, my partner shouldn't be un, um, emotionally unavailable, but then they are emotionally available. And it feels very uncomfortable because you're like, I'm not used to this. This feels uncomfortable. Mm. But that might be something that you want or something you need in a relationship. But you've never learned to sit with that because growing up, you didn't get that. Is it necessary that we open up? I mean, after I said I had a relationship where she would bottle things up, I also realized I rarely ever speak anyway. When I have something that needs to be expressed, mm. I express it very openly and, you know, I first write down my notes very clearly so that I, my words are very kind and so on. And I express it very openly. But most of the time, I, do, I think 90% of things don't really matter. I actually also think that sometimes things are so complicated that it's not worth the effort to try and explain everything. I'll just figure it out. It's fine. You know what I mean? My life is, you know, as it is, it's a blessing, but my life affects the lives of thousands of others mm. people. And I make several commitments every day that are extremely important for others and so on. And it's very complex to explain why I cannot do this half an hour earlier or why is it stressing me, but I'm not able to remove it and so on. So, so I choose to say, you know what, it's just don't worry about it. We don't yeah. need to spend an hour and half to go through this, especially knowing that, you know, many relationships of my, in my life, the answer will be eat more quinoa, quinoa solves everything. Mm. And I hate quinoa, right? So, <laughs> so, so, so the idea is maybe it's not worth the time. Yeah, yeah. You know what but I mean? But can you hear? That's you. You've made that choice. You've made that choice. This mm. isn't worth the time. But then your partner's over there and she's sensitive and she's picked up that, hang on a minute. Yeah, you're Something's not emotionally not right. available You're not me. here. Yeah, you're yeah. not here right now. What's going on? And you're saying, oh, nothing, nothing. But she's like, there is something going on, but he's not telling me. And you've made the decision on your side that, hey, look, my energy, I've got one to 10 in my energy today. And I've given here, 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 here. Is it worth opening this door? No, I'm not going to open the door. But energy speaks. So you might be, I'm not going to open that door. Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's okay. But she's felt your energy. So she's feeling your energy and she knows something. And then that can also cause an, a, a sort of like a, a conflict or a disagreement or something because... There hasn't been that honesty. So if you were able to say, look, I'm really exhausted. Today's been really difficult. Um, I've had loads of things on and I do want to talk to you about this, but I don't feel like today might be the day. So at least she's now understanding. I get it. I get where he's coming from and I get where he's at. So it's put her at ease because she's noticing something and maybe she's not saying it to you that, hey, I noticed that you're not available today. Like what's going on? But I also think when we sometimes get into relationships, Sometimes we go through things that allow us to understand ourselves deeper. So this is like Jedi level now. Mm -hmm. So when we go deeper into an understanding, we transition into relationships. And the way that we once clicked, it's not always going to stay like that because naturally we're here to grow. We're, we're here to develop. And as we're growing and as we're developing, we keep evolving into different shapes and we have to keep trying to fit our shapes together because if we don't we drift into different spaces yeah and i think that's the thing we can try and force we have to stay together for the kids we have to do this we have to do this we have to stay together because we have a mortgage together we have to stay here and we're trying to force something but there's frustrations there's annoyance because we're not fitting in a way that once we did and we keep thinking back but it used to be like this he used to do this she used to do this and we keep thinking about the things that once upon a time happened but we're not there we're here and we need to try and either make these shapes work together and fit 
Or we need to think about, okay, how does life look separately? How does life look differently? Rather than trying to force something that doesn't work. I think that feeling of stuck is actually really interesting. And, and you know, I share a story in my relationships where I spent six months in the Dominican Republic. I met a wonderful woman, Rose, and she was a single mother. She had her, she still is a single mother, but, she, you know, she had her child living in that place with her, with her ex-husband in that place. She, wouldn't, she couldn't be traveling the world. I knew for a fact I was going to only be there for six months. And, you know, we spoke about it and then we eventually ended up deciding to date anyway, mm, right? Yeah. And it's quite interesting because we never felt stuck. Mm. We knew for a fact this was a wonderful experience, yeah. but it wasn't going to last. And at the end of the experience, she gave me this beautiful card on our last day together that said, I'm so happy I rented you. Mm. And, I, and I said, what do you mean rented me? And she said... Uh, which is very eye-opening for me. She said, you know the difference between when you buy a property and you know you're stuck with it for 20 years of mortgage mm. and then suddenly everything about that property appears to be wrong. You have to paint that wall, you have to correct this thing, you have to fix that, you have to do this. Or when you rent a property and you say, I'm here for six months, I might as well enjoy everything in mm. it. And it hit me really hard because... In my mind, I actually think there was never anything wrong with Rose. Mm. She says that there was never anything wrong with me. Yeah. But there is a lot wrong with me. I can guarantee you that. She just didn't think of them as real issues mm. because she didn't feel stuck. Yeah. And I think what ends up happening in our relationships, and I think it's really important to not lie to ourselves about that, is that the more committed we become in a relationship, the more every tiny little thing annoys us, the more yeah. the pencil not being in the right place is not a question of this pencil is not in the right place. It's a question of this pencil is not going to be in the right place for the next 20 years of my yeah. life. Yeah. And that suddenly becomes unbearable. Now, this is so frequent and rarely ever discussed, that yeah. idea of what do you do about that? Do you fight about every little bit of it and make the remainder of the 20 years horrible? Mm. Or do you rent and mm. say, what is good about this? What can I enjoy in this? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's also coming back into the moment. I think we, we spoke about it on um, the episode that we did on my podcast where we spoke about this stuckness. We can choose how we want to continue. Do we continue by saying, just forget it. I'm just going to ignore him and live in the same house. Or I'm just going to ignore her. Let her just carry on doing it. Or are we going to really sit down and connect? Are we going to sit down and connect and figure out how are we going to work together on this? Because this isn't working for both of us. Both of us are sitting here feeling very unhappy, feeling very frustrated. What are, What is it? Is this what we signed up to? And if it was, like, is this what we want to continue with? Is this what we want our kids to see? Is this what we want to, to live the rest of our lives with? How can we change something here, just something here? How? How do you unstick a stuck relationship other than going to a doctor elite. Yeah, I was going to say, just yeah. go, well, sit down. I think it's about going back into yourself and thinking, okay, what's stuck? What is it that's stuck? Is it that you're not listening to me? Is it that I'm not feeling seen here? So you go back to the foundations, the foundations which you started off with, with do I feel respected? Do I feel like I'm seen? Do I feel like you're not, you don't care? And then going deeper into that, what does care mean? What does I'm showing respect mean and where does that come from because I think we also need to break that down so if you're saying to me that you don't care for me is it that you're not caring for me because the way that my my mom or the way that my dad used to care for me was that they used to buy me everything so I expect you to buy me everything is that really care or is that your conditioned way of what care means to you so it's really going deep and understanding these roots of what what is it that's going on for you to understand how is it that we're communicating and if it fits and if it works 
That's such an interesting way of looking at it because, you know, in reality, as I listen to you now, okay, I get it fully. But when I was in my younger years, I yeah. didn't at all. Okay. Yeah. And most of us, as we're establishing this kind of like, ooh, another person, how do I deal with that other person? We don't think about those things that maybe the request is not at all what's being said, isn't mm. it? Yeah. And I think it's also, do we have that level of depth when we first go into a relationship or is it that we develop that depth when we feel like this isn't giving me what I need? And I know that there's something here, but sometimes we stay with the person because we feel we feel fear. We feel how are we going to find someone else after? We may feel loneliness. We may feel like I'm going to be all alone. I, I don't want to be by myself. I'd rather just stay here. So Correct. we just stay put, but we don't have that level of self-awareness because we haven't done the work. We haven't gone deeper into ourselves to make sense of, hang on, if I'm feeling lonely here, let me embrace this loneliness. Let me really try and become a master of this loneliness and understand where this is coming from. Because then I can surely understand rather than filling it with the void of this temporary sort of space that I have in this relationship that's not giving you the true sort of value that you're looking for but you may not know that until you hit that that sort of brick wall and you feel stuck and you're like this isn't working for me so this isn't working for me then you're saying find out what it is exactly that's not working for you yeah so what is it that's not working like say for example if there's two people and they um, are saying this relationship isn't working and one person is saying he comes late every day he doesn't text me where he is he's not communicating um, via text and she's um, and he's saying but she keeps asking me all these questions she keeps asking me where I'm at who I'm with and it's just exhausting so where do we start with that where do we start we, we find out what is the problem so the problem is you're saying this is the problem you're saying this is the problem let's go deeper let's go deeper to understand actually what is it that's happening here so does she feel like she's not respected that he is going out he is and letting her know where where he's going so she feels very disrespected and she also feels like hang on but I'm also your partner. You should be telling me these things. So there's an expectation now that's coming up. And then she also might have a fear as well, which is, I don't know where you are. You might be with someone else. You might be doing this. So now there's a story that's being created. So as we're diving deeper, we're understanding what her journey is, but what's really going on. Because the problem is always just the surface and we have to go deeper. It's like that iceberg. Yeah. We see the tip, but underneath the iceberg, there's layers and layers and layers. And on the other side we have with him is like, but I'm exhausted. I've been at work all day and I've, I haven't got enough energy to sit down and to speak with her. So I'd rather just not, I'd rather just stay out, um, out, go with my friends, have a good time and then come back and deal with it. Um, but then he's also feeling that he's not being understood or he's not feeling that he's not getting the compassion that he needs or the respect because he might see that as respect. I think you're spot on. Yeah. That's, that's like 50% of all problems in relationships. Yeah. So how do they solve it? How do they solve that? Is it about really before sitting together and trying to understand it, there's going to be the anger, the frustration, the layers and layers, all the unspoken words that they haven't said to one another. That's going to come out. But you need to find that essence of love within you to be like, hang on, this is the relationship that I want to be in. And if this is the relationship I want to be in and I want to make this work, how do I go back to my root of how do I connect with this person and let them know what's going on for me at a deeper level to be held by them? So you're going past the frustration, you're going past the anger, speak about it, address it, understand it, but let's go deeper and deeper and deeper to the roots of what's going on. It's like imagine a tree and you see the tree, you see the fruits aren't there and you don't then address and then just water the leaves. You might need to go to the roots and say, hang on, what's going on here? What's mm. happening here? And see, are they being nurtured in the way that they need to? So we're getting the fruit that we need. You know what I find really interesting? And I, again, it's, uh, 
it's my hyper-engineered approach to things. But I can see your mind ticking. <laughs> yeah, because I because I, I have to admit to you, I yeah. think the one topic that's rarely ever discussed is that every time a relationship's not working, mm. we talk about what are we going to do to make it work. Mm. And as, a, as an engineer, I would say, should we make it work? But it doesn't always work. So even in the therapy space, yeah. we, it's not always, we will say to people, and um, when they come in, we might be talking and discussing things, but that doesn't mean that it's it's here to make it work. It might be that actually what we do is it's not fitting. So we understand, actually, look, these pieces don't go together. Correct. And right? we keep trying to force these pieces, but actually it's not going to help you. And it's not going to help the situation that you're have, in right have you, now. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Like you got a couple and you said... You guys are toast. I haven't said that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that to anyone um, because I don't believe it's toast. I believe that there's lessons. I believe that there's wisdom. I believe that there's understanding in all of that. And it's not just understanding about the relationship. It's understanding in yourself. It's yeah. you going deeper into your roots to understand, hang on, what worked in this relationship. So next time you enter a relationship, you can understand more about yourself. That doesn't mean that that's going to be perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. Then you might think, actually, this isn't giving me what I need. I'm communicating to the person. They might be available in the way that I want, but there's something that's missing and I don't know what it is. But because you've understood and you may have mastered loneliness, you feel like, I'm okay, I'm going to say to this person, this isn't for me. And then you're off looking for and trying to seek another relationship that you feel might work. But it's not that it's going to happen and it's going to be perfect. No relationship is perfect. And I think we all need to understand that there is conflict, but there's healthy ways of dealing with conflict. It doesn't always have to be shouting or waiting until there's a pencil on the floor for us to have the argument and then not resolve what's going on. And going back to your point is they don't always have to be that you have to make it work because sometimes it doesn't work and it's about understanding how do you move forwards and it may be that you might want to move forwards but there's still so much anger frustrations and people don't want to talk to one another again but there's also relationships where people end and there's real love there there's love where they care for one another they want the best for one another yeah I have a, a very very specific friend in mind I hope he's listening where I'm thinking no, this is not going to work. You, yeah. you, you know, yeah. the two parties have changed so much, mm. became two very different individuals. But why do you feel that you can see that and he can't see that? He's madly in love. I don't know what's wrong with him. But do you think he's madly in love or that's what he's telling himself that he's madly in love? Is he choosing to see yellow cars going past and not looking at all the other colors? Because in his head, I, he's I try, holding I try on to, to tell him the whole world, the, the, the world is full of cars. Right? But he, he's refusing to look at. So there's a famous saying is you can take the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yes. And in this situation, you can tell your friend you're not in love. You're doing this. You're doing this. But it's up to him to make the choice when he is. Is ready you yeah, can show I, him yeah it's quite interesting i mean in a very interesting way as i said as, as an engineer you may give me i love to restore cars yeah you know i i get into the nitty gritties mm-hmm. of making a car go back to brand new and then lose money on it yeah. right uh very good at losing money but but i love the i mean it's re- literally my hobby i i love to do it yeah but there are cars sometimes that you will look at and you'll go like oh my god i can picture how this will look like when yeah. it's perfectly restored mm. but then you somehow have to tell yourself but it's not restorable yeah but have you always been like that have you always had that that view of this is not restorable? Or did you learn that through doing the more and more cars that you gained, the more and more cars that you worked on, you developed that way of, okay, I, I get this now and I understand this? Yeah, I think definitely experience gives you a lot of, of you know, 
of confidence with with your judgment. I mean, the idea of me losing money on them is actually part of of classic cars. Classic yeah. cars, when you sell them, never make money. And in the past, I used to lie my, to myself and say, just keep them, mm. okay? Uh, who cares if you keep them, right? Mm. And, and when I was my my little rich uh, spoiled brat, but but now I don't want to keep them. And I do sell them for, to a very lucky person that really mm. enjoys them. But it is experience that tells you, look, you're rarely ever going to make money on a restored car. It's, this is your hobby. This yeah. is like you going to play golf, which I don't understand why people play golf at all. But yeah, yeah but 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 you know, some people enjoy that. So I enjoy doing this and i also have to say if you look at lots of experiences you know we spoke about that on your podcast mm. it, my statistics say that 98% of all relationships end okay not marriages not long term committed relationships mm. uh, but you know which hopefully will enjoy a slightly less uh, appalling uh, stat, stat you know they say half of every one of every two uh, western marriages end uh, but but relationships right and and i think that the 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 thing is maybe we should also tell people sometimes to look at the relationship and say it was lovely mm. i mean i had i learned so much i enjoyed so much you know i i really love this about this person but it's not restorable yeah yeah and there's a real power with what you've just said and i take it back to experience because with experience there's two ways we can go we can have the experience and we repeat the same pattern we repeat the same pattern we repeat the same pattern and it's like why is it that i keep getting people that are um, emotionally unavailable or mm -hmm. why is it that i keep getting this why is it that i and it's like you're not looking at the pattern and understanding that but the second side is you go through the experience you stop you gain clarity, you try and understand what happened in that relationship. And then now you have that wisdom from there. You have the teachings, you have the lessons Correct. to then move forward into the next space. But if you're not doing that, then what ends up happening is you'll continue to repeat the same pattern over and over again. Yeah, which I think is really life's way of telling you, by the way, until you learn the lesson, yeah. you're going to have to get it. You yeah. have, you're going to yeah. have to go continue to go through the tests. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the most eye-opening experiences in my uh in my romantic life was when I became a monk. Mm. It changed everything. You became a monk? I did, I did nine months, yeah. Okay. My own definition of monk, let's yeah. put it okay. this way. right? Okay. So okay. I, I, I can't be in a monastery being told what to do. It's just, yeah, I'm too old for that. Yeah. But, but, I, but I did, you know, have a vow of celibacy and I, you know, I, I changed my, my life allocation of hours and so on. And you said you did that for way. nine months? Yeah, I did oh, that. Wow. It was planned for for six and then I decided nine around the first month. And I stuck to it for nine months. Going through that experience, I went on platonic dates. And and it's I, I have to say, it's the most eye-opening experience ever. Yeah. When you sort of like look at her and say, oh my God, she's so cute. And then say, but I'm not going to touch her for nine months. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. You know, so what was eye opening about that for you? Because once you give yourself that space, you make very different decisions. Mm. Almost every single time on the fourth date, which you never really wait until I was like, oh, not right for me at all. Yeah. Wonderful in so many ways. So what did you learn about yourself from that? And now I go through the whole idea of love and romance very differently. Yeah. I almost flipped it upside down. Yeah. Okay. And so, so the typical approach of love and romance is you get into a relationship hoping to make it work unless it proves otherwise. Yeah. I now just flipped one tiny thing. I said, it's not going to work unless proven otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that tiny little thing meant a complete relief and objectivity mm. in like, okay, take 
time, you know, get to know someone, even go a step further, doesn't matter, it's okay. As long as you're open about the idea that, hey, look, Mm. we don't know that this is going to work yet. We don't know that we should put our lives fighting for it to work yet. When that becomes clear, it's clear, right? Until it becomes clear, it might be part of the 98%. But is this also, when you're talking, and what I'm hearing is self-awareness, you're aware so you're thinking and you're you're aware, aware of what's going on. So you're like, okay, this, this is what's happening. And sometimes through experience, we gain that self-awareness. 100%. So and when, in relationships, it's paramount, of paramount yeah, importance yeah. to, to know who you it. are. Yeah. yeah. And But also who we are changes because one person might go through something really big. The other person might not. Or you might both go through something big and it changes you both in, in different ways. So it goes back to the point of we're constantly changing and evolving shapes. And yeah. as we're evolving, we also need to communicate with one another as we're evolving. Because otherwise we always just believe that, but that's how we were when we first got together. That's how we were. And if you keep living in the past, that that's how we yeah. were. It's like, but this is where you're at now. You can't keep thinking back to that's how it was because that's this is where you are. And if there's parts of that that you enjoyed, how do we bring parts forward if it's going to work? And if it's not, we're not just going to bang our heads against the wall and think, how is this going to work? How is this going to work? If it's not meant to be, we will also go, go through that as well. I think that's really important that to have that. That is really yeah. important. Okay, I have, a, I have a question that you have the right to, uh, to, re- to refuse. <laughs> yeah. What is the love life of a couples therapist look like? Oh, so, you know, so many people are really intrigued about this. They're like, <laughs> oh, like, so go on then. What do you know? What do you know? You know, when you're in a relationship, do you sit him down and say, look, I've done the analysis. This is hopeless. You, I think it's also about having someone who's on your level, isn't it? You want uh-huh. someone who's on your level who understands it. And it's when you're in therapy, you are fully focused. You're a hundred percent there and you're available in the way that you are. When you're in life, you're, you're, yes, you have your awareness and you have your reflections, but are you there the way that you are with your clients? It's a very different experience. So sometimes people think, oh, you're asking these questions, but it's just a natural thing. It's like one of my um, one of my cousins, he um, works with roofs. So when we go places, he's like, look at the roof there and look at the roof. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, these I, are I used all, to be like, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah. I don't understand that. So I'm the same when it comes to psychology. It's in It's integrated within me. Um, and even at home, like I'll say things or things don't make sense. And I might say things and I'm like, oh, and then people will say, stop doing psychology now. And I'm mm-hmm. like, but it just comes natural to me. It's just a big part of me. So I think it's about finding someone who accepts you, finding someone who understands you. And if you do cross that boundary, they are also able to say, hey, look, I'm not ready to talk about this or I'm not really comfortable about this. And you respecting that rather than thinking, oh, no, but in therapy, I can go deeper and deep. Like, no, you also have to respect where the other person's at. So it's about understanding where they are, but they understanding you, but you being mindful as well that you, you're not the therapist at home and you have to be mindful of that. But, 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 but things like, you know, uh, being able to look at their attachment style and go like, uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do, do yeah. you do you tell them what your attachment style <laughs> do is? Do I tell them? Yeah. Um, like, oh, so, so lie down here for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> let's just take a seat and let's just talk about this. Um, I think it's important that I um I respect where they're at and where their self awareness is as well. And if they're not ready to hear something, it's not my place to also just impose and throw something at them that they might not be ready to hear. So sometimes you can ask a question. I've noticed something. Do you want to hear what I've what I might have observed or what might be coming up? And if they're ready and if they want to hear, then yeah, that's fine. I'll share that. Um, but that's also like with friends, with family. Um, it's the same sort of situation. Is if I notice things, do I say it? And also, I think there's this there's this idea 
that just because you're a therapist, you're a psychologist, you work with people, you have your life figured out. You have everything going on. That was the purpose on. of my question. Yeah. yeah, so people think that, but no, that's not the case. Just because we are able to notice things and work and help and support people working through things doesn't mean that that's how we are at home because we are also human beings and this comes up time and time again. But you're a therapist, you should know better. And I'm like, but I'm not a therapist in real life. Like I'm a therapist, but this is where my 100% focus is. Otherwise I'm a human being. I make things, I make mistakes. I might say things that are inappropriate, but I take that accountability and I really work with that and understand it and try and make sense and have the same reflections as others. So I'm living and breathing what I preach to others. Oh, interesting. So therapists break up too. They, their heart, hearts break as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I was joking with a friend of mine who's a, who's a masseuse, you know, saying that I should definitely, uh, you know, date a masseuse. And she said, I never massaged any of my boyfriends. <laughs> I'm like, what? So, you know, with all due respect, why do they date you? And she said, exactly. Yeah. See, there's <laughs> an assumption, exactly the isn't point. there? There's a huge assumption yeah, yeah. that people, it's like when people look at yourself and they're like, oh, engineer, this, this, this. But then we make assumptions based on what isn't really there. So it might be there, but it's a subconscious way that we're connecting with someone thinking, oh, they've got it all together or they're, they're perfect or they're like, and it's like, we're not perfect. We're not, we haven't got it all together. But just like you said as well, when you're connecting with other professions, we have the same belief or the same like, but you're a solicitor, you should be this or you're this profession, you should be organized. But that's our own belief. That's our own. Yeah. We're going to put them up here and we're going to expect them to behave in this way. But that's not who they are. So yeah. it's going past the labels, which is what, when you asked me at the beginning, how do I introduce you? I was like, they're, they're labels. They're labels of having a psychologist, having a therapist. There's so much more to people than having these labels. Me as a happiness teacher, I actually am happy. Yeah. That's, I think that's important yeah, right, to yeah, practice what yeah. you preach in yeah. that way. You seem to keep going back to understanding oneself, not understanding the other. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. Because um, I think in order to understand oneself, you then communicate that to the other, to then understand the other. Because is it, when when there's, there's two people in a relationship, and if you're constantly... No, not always in yeah, this modern okay. new world, it could be 12, yeah. 17. We don't Very know. good point. Yeah. So say, for example, if the other, we're focusing on the other person, where's the, and you're saying, right, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this, you're doing this, or you need to change this and you need to change this. But doesn't it take two to tango? So isn't it also about, there's two, not just two people, but there's however many people there are in this relationship, but we have to work on ourselves first. We are on this journey, we're here, but in order to then connect and communicate our needs, isn't it also about understanding what might be going on for ourselves? So it is, for me, the way I see it is, it is that self-development to then be able to communicate outwards. So going in to then come out. So, so going back to that, uh, you know, post we started the conversation with, the, you know, I, I, of course, I, I am not very uh, supportive of social media uh, negativity. So when I get negativity on social media, I sort of shut up completely. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, Responding to this, I simply said, well, there are good men too, right? Uh, th that not everyone is wrong. And I couldn't get into the point of saying, but the, way, the reason you don't see that is because of part of your conditioning. Yeah. And it might, it might be very useful to actually go within to, to recognize that, yeah, even though maybe your par your father wasn't amazing or, you know, accordingly, the men that you dated were not amazing, that this is not the the... 
the truth at all, that, that, that this cycle could be broken. But isn't that a beautiful response? Isn't that a really beautiful response from our viewpoint? But from her viewpoint, if you're able, if you respond back to her in that way, she might be like, oh, like, see, this is the problem or this, because she's not ready to hear it or she's not ready to understand that. So her way, it's like when we said people get stuck, people get stuck in that story that they keep telling themselves, like all men are like this, all men are um, like this or all women are like this. And as a result, what ends up happening is you have that belief that's so strong. So someone comes and tries to pop that belief and they're like, no, this is the, and then yeah. you become the problem because now you're the problem because they're not ready to feel or to let go and to evolve from that belief that they may have. Yeah. I find that quite interesting because, you know, in a very interesting way, we seem to always take the extremes. Like, you know, on one side, we, we would hold the position that, Love and romance is never going to work. Mm. Every one of the opposite, uh, you know, uh, uh, polarity is going to be horrible in every possible way. We don't understand them. They're stupid in every way. Uh, or we take the other, uh, you know, and, and we somehow ignore the example of that couple friends of ours that seem to be making it work. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is sort of the... The, the you know or, or or ignore the example of that short relationship we had at a point in time that seemed to work we ignore that and on the other hand on the other extreme what i find quite interesting is again remember when we were talking on your podcast about uh, i believe that doing the work is important even if the objective is love and romance which is love is a state of being it mm. doesn't require action or or doing but doing the work to find it uh you know, is normally, again, on the other extreme, completely ignored. I get yeah. quite a few of the romantics, men or women, but mostly on the feminine side, that will say, no, no, I'm I'm just going to wait here. And then one day the door will be knocked down by a white horse, who, you know, and a, and a handsome man, and he's just going to show up. And, and I'm like, possible but, but where does that come from but yeah. where does that come from it comes from their conditioning or it comes from the beliefs that they actually feel so they feel that is so true so they are there waiting 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 for this person to come along because that's what they feel is their story and that's not happening so they're gonna that's gonna lead them to feeling disappointment feeling like the world is like doing this looking at everyone else and thinking look at everyone else everyone else is in relationships what's wrong with me and then they take that belief of life because the story that they thought life was going to bring them isn't the story that's happened for them and even more interestingly i think they reject every other story and that's a very, it's very, you know, it reinforces your point of view of look within, because mm. I think before this conversation, I thought it is all workable. Hmm? But what you're saying is sometimes the story that you're expecting, the story yeah. that you're insisting on is not realistic. It's just not going to happen. And that's why we have to go inwards. But sometimes we may not know that until, like you said, your friend he is madly in love and you can see from your own awareness, from your own experiences, that he's not madly in love, but that's what his view is in that point. But he's on his own journey. He has to learn himself. So he might eventually come out of that relationship thinking this was not for me. And I, I don't, I can't believe I stayed in that relationship for this many years. But right now that's the story he's holding on to that. This is, I'm in madly in love. This is the perfect person for me. This is um, an amazing life, but he has to get to that point where it no longer works or something happens and then he has to go within. And that's yeah. often what we see like in, in the therapy space is people get to a point where things aren't working and that's when they work on themselves. And it's like, why don't people, before they feel like they need to get yeah. married or before they, they enter a relationship, why don't they work or have sessions to try and just help them understand each other or do things where they're really understanding one another rather than 
going out or doing something that doesn't allow them to to develop that that real depth to one another yeah it's uh yeah it's really quite an interesting side do you believe that conflict is a necessary part of a relationship is there any relationship without a conflict i i think about that i mm. it's a it, it's a two level question i think about that because i haven't made up my mind if ai boyfriends and girlfriends are a bad idea or a good idea yeah because maybe there is a way i mean for humanity there seems to be a path to the angel girlfriend yeah. which but is, is there always something there, is always perfect like i know you're saying it's always perfect but is there also something around um energy management so people they they they're so quick like if i want some food delivery if i want to watch something netflix if i want to do this there's something out there's some everything's really really quick so when it comes to a relationship sitting down and talking it's not something like that just happens like that so is that also evolving that this this way of life that's so fast paced and we get things instantly when there's a conflict sometimes that's not an instant fix sometimes we have to sit down with one another give each other time no phones no di- distractions and just giving each other that real space and connection that feels like hard work so it's easier to go somewhere where there might be where it's like you said it's perfect it's angel it's like this is this is life because i don't get this and i don't get this but is that also partly to play into that idea of the fast pacedness and the Given I mean space. I mean th- think think about it this way the reason why we order in is because we either don't have the energy to cook or we don't know how to cook mm. right and you know I I actually enjoy that more and more in my life as I got older I really enjoy that polarity of the feminine and the masculine I really enjoy that deep connection that is not centered around desire or you know attraction but actually desired around difference mm. because you know if we agreed you and i on everything our conversations would be very boring yeah, right yeah. and and I, life and I, would be very much like that but in conflict things happen and yeah, we and evolve it, you together. feel alive yeah, right yeah. so i love that and and i love the emotional roller coasters that a, a woman in my life would show i love that but i'm not everyone i'm mm. old i've seen a lot i have had a lot of experiences uh you know and and in a, in an interesting way i know exactly what i want mm. exactly like to yeah. to the it's if i if i share with you how engineered i am in in the approach of analyze, analyzing what i truly truly want and what i don't but not everyone's like that yeah. and those who are not then they're very lonely they're mm. struggling they're finding that life is draining in many ways and maybe we they should just maybe it shouldn't be that way. Mm, yeah. When you were talking and you were saying, "Oh, I've got this list. I'm going to challenge you in that because having that specific list in your head based on your experiences and you've got this list, does that also do you think limit you because when you're meeting with someone, they may not have the tick list that you feel oh, that no, you Oh no, no, I don't have a list so of things like, to tick. Ah, okay. Okay. I have so a list more. of boundaries that will not be crossed. Okay. So can you see this communication here? Yeah. I've just said to you, oh, do you have it? And you're like, no, 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 it's not a tick list. So in my head, I'd be like, oh, Mo has a tick list and this, this, this. But I've just communicated that to you and asked you, oh, mm. what's this? And you're like, no, 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 it's a boundary. It's like this, this, this. That is like communication right there, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, there's the I, power I, I, of I think speaking. it's actually a very interesting point when you really think about it. Because, yeah. you know, most of most of the time, even myself, when I was teaching this at, you know, earlier stages, I would say, know exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, but i realized that more and more the list you should have is know exactly what you won't compromise on yeah yeah okay? yeah so yeah, yeah. when when you say 
I'm looking for someone who's much taller than I am. Mm. Very typical feminine requirement is for the masculine to be more dominant or protective and so on. You could say that or you could say, I don't want to feel that I'm with someone who's smaller than me. Mm. Okay, that's different because smaller and bigger is not just physical, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. And and if you really dig deep into this, you start to understand what is driving you yeah. to want what you want. You know, I, I want a passionate woman, not, mm. not just passionate like sensually, but I want a woman that believes in what yeah. she believes in and, you know, she's uh, uh, out there, arguing for her point of view, uh, you know, believes in something, huh? uh, whatever that thing is. And I and I love that idea of, you know, if I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm doing it full heartedly, yeah. whatever that is, right? But that doesn't mean I'm not open to realizing that passion comes in many different ways than yeah. what I think it is, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you start to realize that when you sort of narrow down what it is that you're looking for to specifically hair colors and characteristics and words and love languages and all of those complex things that we add, you're sort of killing the serendipity of life. Yeah. And and if you take into account, and I say that, and I know I'm going to be battered for this. So why I can am I hear your it? voice going slowly, <laughs> quietly, head yeah, down. You know, if you accept the fact that 98% of all relationships will end, yeah then you might as well allow serendipity to allow you to learn mm. so that you get closer and closer and closer yeah. to the one that deserves to know that. I wonder, the people that get offended with that stat and what you've just said, what might be going on for them? And what might be happening for them and what belief that they have? Because have they come from the belief that mom and dad, um, the, from their experiences, their mom and dad stayed together, they made things work. Are they coming from the belief that their dad may have left or their mom may have left and they're like, no matter what, you have to stay together. So can you see there might be something going on for that person? So when you've said, well, actually 98% of people, they, they, they don't stay in relationships. Someone might get really frustrated by what you've just said. But it's also to understand where that frustration is coming from and why what you have said hasn't been sort of accepted. Instead, it's brought like this defense. Absolutely. Up. So it's trying to understand that as well within oneself to try and make sense. What's going on there for you? And being curious with that. For, for me, I mean, this is the reason why I, I, I never published that book. Okay. Yeah. Because in that book, I have brutal honesty about the idea that, look, 98% of, the, of relationships will break, which gives you two things. One mm. is to say, here and now, when you're in a relationship, feel it and live it fully because yeah. it might actually end. Yeah. It's like losing my wonderful son, Ali. Yeah. If, yeah. if sooner or later the, the ones you love are going to leave, you might as well enjoy their presence fully. That's number one. Yeah. Number two is there is that side of the only way you can be part of the 2% is to put in work and a lot of learning. Yeah. Right. And the only way you can put in work and learn is to actually be in relationships. Yeah. It's not to read books. Yeah. It's yeah. not to listen to me. Yeah. Okay. It's to, you know, I tell my, my wonderful daughter, I say, hey, I go on a lot of dates. Yeah. Right. Why? Because yes, dating is annoying sometimes, but mm. dating is a skill. Yeah. It's a skill for you to be able to sit in front of someone and say, oh, hati patati, but what's wrong with him? Yeah. Right. And I, th- I think that idea of, Truth is truth, yeah. but but can you take the positive side of that truth? And then the book goes deeper into other things that are facts. facts. I think this book needs to be out in the world. It's, they're facts, but annoying. Yeah. Okay, facts that are like, for yeah. example, seventy-five percent of people under the age thirty in mm. the West, at least where the surveys were run, 
have hooked up with someone mm. for a one night stand or a relationship of friends with benefits and so on. And then when you tell people that 75%, mm. that's a majority, that's a yeah. very large majority. Yeah. And by the way, you must have been one of them unless you mm. were part of the 25%. Why are you frowning upon it now? Mm. Okay. The reality is with gender diversity and the openness now for individual freedom, there are probably a gazillion mm. love models, Yeah. okay? that are all agreed, all approved. Disney doesn't approve them. Hollywood doesn't approve them. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Or at, it didn't in, yeah. in romantic comedies, right? The traditional model they sold was, this is all about one man, one woman forever, Yeah. right? And I think that the reality is when I tell people, but hey, mm. just like you hooked up in your 20s, and now you're saying, no, no, I want my one partner for life yeah. and he has to commit or she has to commit or whatever, you know, you also are going to go through seasons in your life and you're mm. going to change in ways yeah. that that basically will not only allow you, but almost force you to explore other models. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, it seems to me that the biggest challenge around love and romance, and interestingly, because I was thinking this was going to be my conclu concluding uh, episode on the, on the series, it seems that the challenge is that we're stuck in our own castles of mm. beliefs yeah. that unless I get A, B, and C, this is not love. Mm. Unless I get A, B, and C, it's not worth it. And if anyone tells me I can't get A, B, and C, I'll get upset. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You it's know, really interesting. And that just opens up the doors again back into going back into self and really understanding self. But you can't understand self without research. So going on dates, really getting to know other people and understanding what's coming up for me, what's coming up for and what am I noticing about myself? That's your research into yourself and understanding. So you can sit there and read all the books that you want and be like, yep, okay, this is my love language. This is my love style. This is this, this is this. But it's only until you actually start doing the research it's like sitting, learning to, oh, this is how you drive. You drive by doing this. This is what you do with the gear stick. This is, when you're on like a hill and that gear stick is is like you're, you've put it into um, one and you're, you're ready to go and you're just like, oh, no, I, I'm not on the biting point is wrong. And this, you're experiencing it very differently to how you're reading something. Absolutely. And that experience is showing up very differently. So it's the same in relationships. When you're in a relationship and there's conflict and inside your, your nervous system has shut down because that's what used to happen as a child, your nervous system has shut down and they're like well why are you not answering me why what's going on for you and you're not able to say there's nothing wrong or you don't have the awareness that my body's actually shutting down right now because this is what used to happen and when there was fights there was someone that would get hurt so when you're doing this now my brain is going into fight flight or freeze mode because I'm feeling like something's going to happen something's going to happen but that's something that we have to relearn we have to relearn how to be in relationships by understanding and going to the past to then move forwards I think this is really a very profound statement that there is such a joy in finding love. Yeah. yeah such yeah, a joy yeah. in finding someone. But there is also pain involved. Mm. Okay. Mm. There is the pain of getting out of your shyness or yeah. getting to connect to a new person or putting in the effort to build it after it, it you know, it broke down last time or, or the fear of the pain of loss. Okay. And I think for many, this whole just needs to be one and it has to be forever and I can't take this anymore and you know don't break my heart and yeah. tell me it's not going to be the next time it's just putting people in a place where they're actually not going out to do the experiences that they yeah. need to develop the skills yeah to and get there's that one. two things there yeah. two things that, that come up in my mind safety and trust 
mm. and it's self-trust. So the safety side is, do I feel safe with this person to speak out how I'm feeling? Or does this person not make me feel safe? And what is that about? Is it because I worry that if I tell them what's really on my mind, they're going to leave and they're going to think you're too much. I can't deal with this. I'm out of here. Yeah. So that's about the safety that you might have with the person. But the other thing is self-trust that if the person does walk away, I know I'll be okay. I know I will figure it out and I will work through this of and course. I will be okay. But it's that self-trust that you may not have or that you might not even have fallen into because you haven't allowed that to happen to you. You haven't allowed someone to walk away from your life because you've fallen into, give them everything, people please, fall into these ways of, of achieving whatever they might want because then they stay here. But yeah. then inside you're feeling resentful, you're feeling frustration because they're not showing up in the way that you want them to, but you're not telling them how to. Mm -hmm. So this is like a two-way, a double-edged sword, but the two things there is self-trust and it's about safety. I think one of my top teachers on this, believe it or not, is my business manager and almost brother who started this podcast together, Munir. And Munir's top value in relationships is vulnerability. Yeah. He yeah. basically yeah. says, yeah. look, as long as you say what what you feel openly at mm. the moment, you feel it whenever you feel it kindly, mm. okay? You cannot be blamed yep. and you will do the best that you can for to give the relationship, whatever it is, a chance. And I, it's quite interesting. So it's quite eye-opening that even in times when I was going through seasons, when I was, what was I was offering, wasn't that the woman I, I go out on a date with would want, when I was vulnerable enough to say, mm. hey, by the way, it's our first date. I, you know, I just want you to know what you're getting yourself into. I am at this stage. I want to do this and then I want to do that. And I travel this way. I'm not available that way. Most of the time they would go like, interesting. I never thought of that. That might actually be interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, now that you said it this way, I realize that I am this and I am that. And right. And that kind of open communication is quite interesting in, you know, deep in the Islamic religion, which mm. appears to be very restrictive. It basically says, this is what you need. You need yeah. to have transparency and agreement. You need yeah. to sort of sit with the one that you're starting to have a relationship with and just tell them, hey, by the way, I'm not going to be able to spend every evening with you, yeah. I'm probably in my case, I'm traveling 220 days of the year, right? Yeah. 240 sometimes. And and so if that is told up front, then that that safety is yeah. established already because there was no trickery mm. in the game. And I and I you know I find that quite eye opening that most people will say, no, I'd rather keep them even though I know it's going to break in the end because they don't get what they need, yeah. then tell them up front. Yeah, yeah. And doesn't that come back down to fear? Fear of um, not feeling good enough because they feel like the other person's going to leave them or that I don't want to sit in loneliness because I don't want to be alone. And what about if I can't find someone else? So I'd rather just have this, even if it's crumbs, even if it's like a, a few pieces of what I feel I want to have, I'm happy to have that. But that's not what they want really deep down. But it's, you've said something really powerful about vulnerability. And I think sometimes we think being vulnerable is sharing everything and, and everything that's going on. And the, the word vulnerability is like be vulnerable, but people like, oh, like, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want, but being mm. vulnerable isn't about you sharing like everything and anything. It's about you sharing with the other person what's going on for you, what's happening for you, how are you feeling? And why why is it that we we don't want to share these feelings with someone that we're with? 
in order to develop and to go deeper in that relationship. And if we're struggling to share how we feel, what's going on for us? Is it that we're, we've just, again, what, what is it that's happening for us? Do we struggle because we're worried about what the other person's going to think? Do we struggle because we think that our emotions are too big, we're too much? What are people going to think about us? All these things can just limit us and just hold us back from showing up as we want to show up and be loved in the way that we want to be loved. Is there a way to just simply chill? Honestly, I mean, I, breathe, I keep, breathe, connect. I, 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 I keep thinking about that yeah. quite a lot because once again, you know, when we've been talking about love and romance, I think seven episodes now or six or whatever. And when something is so complex mm. an engineer like my engineer's mind, like myself probably says there must be like a, you know, a, a circuit breaker somewhere mm. that can fix the whole thing that yeah. the whole system is connected to, you know, mm. all of those complexities must belong to one to one system at the end of the day. And, you know, my answer sometimes is just chill. But isn't that also the responsibility of each and every one of us? Like say, for example, I'm annoyed because someone's done something and I'm really annoyed now. And I'm just like, rrr, rrr, rrr. I'm not regulating my emotions. I haven't given myself that space to just stop and think about what's going on for me. Instead, my, I'm reacting rather than responding. And that's because the, my, my bottle might be very full right now. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm at work. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And there's one little thing that's happened. Yeah. You didn't shut the windows and that's it. You, you then react rather than respond. So isn't it down as a responsibility to try and understand, hang on a minute, I know I'm very, like, I'm very sort of stressed out at the minute. I'm all of these different things. I'm aware of that. But it's also saying, even if you do, because we are imperfect, we are humans. And if we do end up reacting in a way, we can say, look, I'm really sorry about that. That was because of this, 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 this is what happened. Yeah. And I'm noticing that this is what happened. And I didn't mean to lash out in that way, but this is what came up for me. So it doesn't this also go back to, into self-awareness, but the vulnerability of going to someone and saying, this is what happened to me. And this is what we're hundred percent. It's so much easier. So, so much sweeter. We say it's easier, but yeah, everyone avoids it and just doesn't say anything because they think that's easier, but that's not easier. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I mean, I, in my, in my mind, I actually think there is a higher level than that. Chilling in my mind is, is look. It's going to work yeah. if it's supposed to work. Yeah, yeah. Okay? It's going with the flow and the rhythm, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, go, it's going to work if it's supposed forcing. to work. I mean, I told you my, my current view of life is that, look, if someone is worthy of the experiment, mm. let's try, right? But let's not force it. And let, let's not squeeze it into a shape that it doesn't fit within. If it's supposed to work, it's going to work. So, so chill right don't don't fight it like a little bit like that rental agreement it's it is what it is but you're let's in see a place. if i enjoy that that kind of my of life and by, and on the other side by the way chill if it breaks because that basically means hey you can rent another place it's fine and i don't know where that fear of i'm not going to find another one maybe i'm not going to find another one that meets my exact very very detailed specification mm. You're not, you know, this one isn't either because as, you know, as evident by the proof that it broke. Yeah. That's where you're at right now. If someone came to you and said, just chill when you were like, I don't know, whenever you were, when, when you first started dating your, your, your ex partner if someone said, just chill, how would you think you would have taken that? Oh, they'll be spanked. Yeah. So, so I think it's also about where people are at. So you and your friend, for instance, you're telling He's him not you're not in love. You're yeah. not chilling. You're not chilling. But he doesn't know how to because he hasn't been through them experiences where he's gone inwards. I think. I think. I think. Honestly, 
uh, I don't remember which country is that, but there is a country that has like a fixed date marriage where basically they say, look, you know, this marriage agreement is between us until November 2023, and then we will renew it in November yeah. 2023. I find that to be so profound. Mm. I think I think love should be a one-day-long agreement. Yeah. And then every morning you wake up the next morning and you look at her and she looks at him, or if you're same-sex, that's also the same. You look at each other and you go like, do I want to spend another day with you? Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do I want to spend another day with you? Is the is the summary of all love and romance. I wonder how many comments you'll get for saying that. I wonder how many people Negative will again, react. Please. I wonder how many people please. will react because of where they are at. And I think that's where it's also really important to say that everyone's entitled to their opinion. Everyone's entitled to wherever they might be at in their journey. That's where they're at. And that's where your viewpoint is right now. And someone else who doesn't see that or thinks that, why are you even saying that? They need to also just take a moment to just hang on. What What is it that's going coming up for me when, when this person is saying this? Is it because we're not used to someone saying this? Is it because it's very new language about love and romance that we haven't understood or that we're hearing for the first time? And it just feels very overwhelming. And it's a fear maybe it's tapping into as well. Okay, let's edit this out. <laughs> no, 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 we keep it in. Let's see what happens. I mean, the, let's the, do this as our own research and the, see the, the, how the, many the comments tru- we get. The truth is, if you wake up in the morning mm. and you feel, I don't want to spend another day with this yeah. person, you have one of three choices. One is to leave. Mm. The other is to work on finding a way to make, to yeah. ma- to make you yeah. want to spend another day with mm. them or to live like a vegetable for the rest of your life, unhappy and miserable. Yeah. So what are you going to choose? What are you going I, to choose? I, I hope you don't choose yeah. the the vegetable. That's yeah. all I'm asking. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling people either wake up and say, Hey, I woke up today and I felt I don't want to spend another day with you. Do you want us to walk in different ways or do you want us to make it work? Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that also about being honesty, like the honesty side of it that comes in. So if you're noticing that, for example, you may like something's not going, something doesn't feel right in the relationship, isn't it rather than it building up, building up, building up and you drifting away and and sort of like spending time, not coming back home and other things, is is it also you having the, the sort of like conversation with yourself to be honest with yourself, but also to be honest with the other person? Because isn't that also about letting them know that, look, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm getting what I'm getting, what I need in this relationship. And I'm noticing that I don't really want to spend time here. And I know that might hurt your feelings, but I want to be honest with you about what's going on. Isn't that you really owning up and really respecting the other person and letting them know where you're at? And it's all about the way you say it. Yeah. I I mean, I I think if you say it with the intention of of hurting or insulting or saying, oh, you're a piece of, uh, and I don't want to be with you. Yeah. Or if you're saying it in, you know, from the point of view of like, I love the story of two of us. Why do I not feel the same way anymore? Yeah. You know, I've noticed that my my feeling is changing. I don't want it to change. Can we discuss this? Mm. And that's a very beautiful place to come from. The other person might not agree and they'll be like, what do you mean? And the other emotions might come up. But you have to also allow space to sit with them emotions and let them adjust. Because for them, they might have thought the sky was blue and you're saying, no, 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 the sky is pink. And they're like, what? Like, how did I not know this? So they are also going to be going through their own journey, being patient and allowing space. And you might want to be there for them. But they might say, I don't want you to be here right now. So it's also respecting 
where the other person's at. But at the same time, you can't just hold on to someone because you're clipping their wings and you're clipping your own. You're not allowing yourselves to flow in the way, the way that you need to flow because you feel like, no, 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 but we should be here. But what if we do split? What are people going to think? What about this? And what about, and we're so focused on other things and we're not coming back to the essence of the relationship, the essence of why you're together and the values that you have together. So come back to that to try and understand and also to, to like really try and make sense of what is it that's going on, what love means to both of you and showing up for one another in that way, if that's together or if that's separately. So Lalita, I'm going to give you uh, the very last word of this series. But before I do that, I'll just ask the audience a couple of questions. So one, one thing is that if you're still here, yeah. Uh, that means you either like this or you're asleep. So if you're asleep, that doesn't matter. If you're like this, do what it needs, what it takes, please, to continue to grow this. So like it. If you're on your podcast player, give it a five stars, please. Put in a nice comment. Tell your friends about it. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe and click the whatever little bell thing and maybe share it with your friends if you're not on youtube why are you not on youtube it's you know it's actually a really nice video setup here the other thing is send me a message if you can i'm only now following my messages on instagram because i was thinking of building one episode about my findings on finding love but i have to say i uh, am worried that you guys are not gonna like them so if you want me to prepare one episode on finding love let me know that and uh, Lalita, so this has been a very long series on about love and romance. You're the very last word, if you were to give one advice. I think it's what we've been saying throughout the whole episode is if something doesn't feel right for you, don't just go along with it just for the sake of it. Don't just go along with it because you feel that's what's needed. It's really delve into yourself to try and understand what is it that's going on for me. And if you're struggling to do it alone, there's people out there, there's things that you can do to try and just understand your patterns of behavior, because that's what ultimately we're here to do is understand ourselves, to grow, to develop. And if that's with one person for, for the rest of your life, if that's with several people, that's okay. But it's you that needs to accept that. It's you. I agree. It is you. Your next book is coming out in? Next May. Next so May. It's called, so um, it's all about high functioning anxiety. So it's a really interesting topic and one that's dear to my heart. Um, and I'm really looking forward to sharing that with the world. Yeah. So you're coming back for that. But uh, until then, I'm really, really grateful that we finally really did grateful. this in person, not yes. in, on Zoom. It's yeah. always wonderful to spend time with you. And thank you so Likewise. much for your time. Thank you. Uh, for all of you listening. Yeah, I think I'll take uh, a different mini series next time. I think we've covered this enough. I know for a fact that we'll come back to listen to more about love and romance. Do go back to Robert Glover's episode from season two, I think, who uh, spoke about no more Mr. Nice Guy. I think this was one very important episode for good men to learn to become better, even though I know once again that it will upset a lot of people. It is a very contested and very heated topic because of how we each view the definition of mm -hmm. what real love uh, real relationships are and how they could be. But it seems to me with my aging mathematical mind uh, that the odds of finding that perfect relationship are not really that high and that the odds of you being happy when you find it are almost zero. Uh, so you might as well do what Lalita has been talking about all day today to dive deep within you 
within your own self to understand where the conditioning is coming from. Why is it that you believe certain things? Why is it, why is it that you refuse other things? And hopefully when you put it all together, you might be able to find a way to live and love, not being governed by your own conditioning, but really governed by what the odds of loving what you have are. Yeah. That's uh, my summary of a long uh, series. I hope you enjoyed this and uh, take a little bit of time to reflect on it. Slow down because there is always value and there's always a little bit of time to slow down. I love you all for listening and I will see you on a more serious topic next time.